Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello and welcome to another Arsblog Arscast right here on arsblog.oleole.com. Hope we find you well this particular Friday. My first thought is that I'm glad this isn't done live because this is attempt, I don't know, 17 to start the Arscast and every single time something has happened. From next door's dog barking his fucking stupid beagle head off to me dropping a penknife, to a text message going off, to Blogette in our room, which is just next door, playing music, getting ready to go out, so all you can hear in the background is... And her dropping things on the floor, which go... And make all kinds of noise. I'm just glad it's not live. Because I would be at my wit's end right now. It's going to be a slightly shorter arsecast than usual. Well, probably not if I keep ranting in this way, but nevertheless, uh, I'm expecting it to be a slightly shorter arsecast than usual because we've got no football this weekend. Normally on a Friday, we look ahead to our opponents, the game we're going to play, who's in, who's out, who's injured, how injured is Rosicki this week? But that's not going to happen. Nor is there any midweek football, uh, and that's all because of internationals, uh, which I don't really care about. Not one little bit. Um, we have the first interlull of the new season. We are right in the depths of it right now. But nevertheless, there's enough to keep us going. We'll be looking back at what happened at Old Trafford, both uh, on the pitch and off the pitch, and kind of in the stand a little bit as well. Uh, as well as that, uh, we've got Den Nielsen. He'll be in. Uh, we've got some vintage news. The man in the bar, I believe, has got a song uh, for uh, the Celtic goalkeeper. As well as that, we'll be looking at UEFA's decision. Um, to ban Eduardo for two games. We'll be examining UEFA and how they came to that conclusion. Uh, as well as that, what else? There's the competition winners from last week. We'll be uh, giving away those three Nike training tops. Those three winners will be announced a little bit later on in the show. So there you go. So that's all that's uh, coming up on this particular Arsecast. Um, I suppose the best place to start is Old Trafford. On the pitch, a game we didn't deserve to lose but a game that might give you some concerns about the mental strength, uh, capacity, maturity of the team, perhaps, if you were that way inclined. We did go ahead, of course, uh, Andre Arshavin. Um, what a goal. He can really cunt the ball, that boy, can't he? He's only little, but Jesus Christ, he must have thighs like JCB tires. I don't know what the story is. He really hits it. Uh, but of course, I, I suspect there was a little bit of ire, a little bit of fire behind that one after he was denied the most clear-cut penalty I think I've ever, ever seen. Unless a player next week comes out and takes out a machine gun and blasts a player right through the spine, I don't think you're going to see a more clear-cut penalty than the one uh, Darren Fletcher gave away, or should have given away, um, uh, on Andre Arshavin. Mike Dean did nothing. He took Arshavin out and he handled the ball. He didn't give it. Arshavin 
took it into his own hands and stuck the ball in the top corner. A bit of a fuck you to the referee, that one. And uh, and I was impressed, I have to say. Overall, I thought Arshavin was a little bit... I don't know. I'd like him to be fitter, if that makes sense. But then you think about the, the two key moments that he was involved in, or three key moments. One, the penalty. Two, the goal. And three, the chance that he set up for Robin Van Persie in the very uh, first couple of minutes of the of the second half. Uh, we all know what happened with Wayne Rooney. Uh, the debate, I don't know whether the, the debate rages on. You can talk about it all you want. It doesn't really make any difference. Um, uh, my own feeling on it is that the, the only difference between the Eduardo incident and the Rooney incident, or the Rooney penalty, is what the goalkeepers did, not what either of the forwards did, because they both did exactly the same thing. Anticipated contact from the goalkeeper started going down. Eduardo didn't get the contact, well, not as much contact as he would have liked, whereas Almunia, um, he made it easy for, for Mike Dean to give the penalty, and Mike Dean, as we know, likes giving penalties at Old Trafford. Um, then we had um, uh, the, the second goal, the, the own goal, a header into his own net, unchallenged, unmarked from six yards out from Abu Dhabi. I'm worried about him slightly. I think he might be losing his mind. Because why would you do that otherwise? There's no rational explanation for it. And speaking of Diaby, have you seen that he tried to... Not tried to. He might have put the French goalkeeper out of action in a collision in training. Now, if I was a French international, which I'm not, I might have declared for them in my past. I have some French ancestry, I believe. Uh, but I didn't. But if I were, I'd be uh, slightly worried about training with Abu Dhabi. Samir Nasri broke his leg. The goalkeeper, he's put him out of action. What next? I mean, why can't he do something to Patrice Evra? Why our players? Why a goalkeeper none of us care about? Why can't he rupture... Patrice Evra's groin, just by brushing past him. You see, it could be the hair. It's giving him all this strength that he doesn't know about. He can't control it. Samson-esque power that Diaby has. Nevertheless, uh, that power was unable to prevent him heading into his own goal from a Ryan Giggs free kick. So, <clears throat> we, won't, uh, we won't go overboard in trying to look for the positives in it. Uh, so, uh, again, we didn't deserve to lose. Maybe not a game we deserve to win, but there you go. That's football. I'm not going to get too worried about it. It's still very early in the season, and we beat United last season at home, and it made not the slightest bit of difference to our chances of winning the league. So uh, you can lose a game or two and, and still go on and do something. United won the league, obviously. obviously that is the point I'm trying to make. Uh, but then I suppose the main talking point or the other talking point was the sending off of Arsene Wenger when he thought we'd equalize in the very last minute, although Gallas was correctly given offside. Uh, he kicked a water bottle in the air, and the fourth official, I don't know uh, what his name is, Probert, is, th is that his name? Um, he, he took exception to this and made Arsene Wenger uh, go, well, he didn't. He called over the referee. He told on him. He went, ref, you should see what Arsene Wenger did. He's your teacher. So he called Mike Dean over, and Mike Dean, of course, being a cunt and having no, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? No non-cuntiness about him. Mike Dean didn't say, look, there's only 30 seconds of the game to go. Arsenal have lost this one. Let's just uh, say, don't do that again and leave it at that. No, he sent him uh, to the stand. Arsenal went to the dugout. He wouldn't let him sit in the dugout. So he made him go stand in front of all these fans. 
And these fans, and I, I, it's not all United fans, but certainly a large number of thousands of those fans were singing that song to Arsene Wenger throughout that game. And I just thought it was just staggeringly, uh, not inhuman, that's not the right word, but just such a lack of awareness of what Arsene Wenger had been subjected to throughout that game by United fans to make him go and stand in front of them for what? For 30 seconds? It was ridiculous. Uh, We've heard that uh, Arsene Wenger is going to get an apology. We haven't seen that yet. Maybe he got it privately. If he did, he deserved it. And Mike Dean deserves a a serious, serious kick in the hole. So um, with that in mind, then came all this fuss during the week about uh, about the chanting at Old Trafford, which I think is absolutely disgusting. And I've said it on the blog countless times, countless times. And I went on um, BBC Radio 5 on Saturday, and I mentioned it on there. And then I mentioned it on the blog, and Good Player mentioned it, and you've got this story from the blog anyway. But, I mean, then it became uh, aware, or we became aware, that Amazon were selling this CD with that chant on it, and Play.com were selling this CD with the chant on it, and... And it's it's kicked off through the blog and through Twitter and, and just the awareness uh, throughout um, the online Arsenal community, I suppose, has, has really grown and people objected. And rightly so. They objected to Amazon and Play selling something which they thought was, was uh, morally wrong uh, and possibly defamatory about our manager. And when you step back from it, it's a truly vile and disgusting and sick thing to sing about anybody. Now... Football fans are football fans, and um, Arsenal have their share of songs which aren't um, exactly PG-rated, would you say? Uh, And maybe people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones. Nevertheless, I think when you have thousands and thousands of people singing about uh, Arsene Wenger being a paedophile at Old Trafford... And it never, ever, ever coming up in the mainstream media. Never, never mentioned. Nobody has ever said in any of the games that we've played against United at Old Trafford, nobody, no journalist has ever said United fans were disgraceful by singing that song, which I think they were. And I was listening to uh, Gunnar Blog on BBC Radio 5 yesterday. No, yesterday. Yes, yesterday. Uh, and you can listen to it. If you go back to the BBC iPlayer thing, you can listen to the Victoria Derbyshire show. And he's on around um, 10.45, about 45 minutes into the show. And he's on with a guy uh, from uh, Manchester United, Man United fan called Pete Boyle, who writes a lot of songs and chants and all that for Man United. And he said, these people are an embarrassment. He's embarrassed when he hears that chant. And I'm glad to hear him say that. He's right. Um, But nobody has ever said it. And this week we've... Um, not we've managed to, but this week all the coverage has seen it in the mirror, seen it in the Guardian. Uh, there's been uh, so many complaints to Play.com and to Amazon.com about about the CD, uh, which sells those chants. Now, um, Amazon have said, "Look, we're not going to stop selling it because it's uh, you know it's not our business or it's not our job to censor things." And in a way, I can I can understand that because just because we have a moral out. Uh, a moral objection to something doesn't mean that they should stop selling it. If there's a legal reason for them to stop selling it, then they should be made do so. But I think it's dangerous for 
moral pressure groups to get onto retailers to stop selling things that that they don't like. Because how quickly do you go from something like this to book burning to, well, I, I object to homosexuality and we're a huge pressure group and we want Amazon to stop selling any item that has anything to do with homosexuality. Do you know what I mean? So uh, if, if there's a legal case to be made against them and it's not our job uh, to, to do that, if there's a legal case to be made against them, then absolutely fine. I've got no problem with people complaining about Amazon or Play.com or choosing not to use them. That is absolutely people's right to do that. But I think it's a dangerous area if we say they can't sell something, no matter how vile or objectionable we find it. And I, I think you'd have to be out of your mind not to find that particular chant or not to find that particular song objectionable. It is. It's disgusting. And anybody who puts that on a CD, well, they're a cunt, aren't they? You know what I mean? But for me, the main issue was never about Amazon, about some CD that nobody was buying anyway. It was about the song being sung in stadiums. And at Old Trafford in particular, I know it gets an airing elsewhere, but that's where you hear it for the most part. And it is, it's uh, it's slanderous. It's thousands and thousands of people committing slander. And if whatever's happened this week goes some way to preventing it happening in the future, well, then it's a good thing. Arsenegger has never said a word about it, and he's right to, and I don't think I would either. He hasn't dignified it with a response because, you know, that's just the kind of man that he is. Manchester United have responded to a lot of Arsenal fans this week and said that they deplore the chant and blah, 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 blah. So what we can hope for from here is that um, it doesn't get aired in the same way that it does or has been up to now, or if it does, that people will object to it. People who are covering the game, like Sky, for example, who could easily, in any one of the games that we've played at Old Trafford, down through the years, who could easily have mentioned that and said what a disgrace it was, and chances are, you know, it wouldn't have happened again. Or it would certainly have been stamped out a lot quicker. Anyway, uh, I think there's been a, a huge amount of coverage to it this week. Um, hopefully, hopefully, positive things will come out of it. And uh, that's as much as we can hope for. Transfer window. We were all waiting and waiting. and wait. We weren't, though, were we? We knew. We knew nothing was going to happen. Despite all the Sky Sports hype and all the bollocks that they go on with. They have a guy with three telephones who's got the inside track at all the training grounds across the... Yeah. Oh, my God. It looks like Sean Bartlett is going to sign for Hartlepool. Woo! And that is about as exciting as this particular transfer window got. There wasn't much movement at all. Throughout the summer, there wasn't a great deal of movement. I read something, um, I think it was in one of the tabloids, where they said this is the most... Um, expensive transfer window of all time well of course it is manchester city have been paying fucking huge money for players all over the place real madrid paid 80 million pounds for ronaldo and 55 million pounds for kaka and the unfortunate thing was that everyone else seemed to try and value their own players based on those prices when they were ridiculous prices uh, so it was quiet i thought it was quiet i'd like to see us go back to the old system where the transfer window just it remains open until March. Then it closes, boom, till the end of the season. Why not? For what benefit 
is the transfer window. Does it provide stability? Not really. If a player wants to leave, a player wants to leave. So, I don't know. I would also stop Sky News or Sky Sports News having all those transfer deadline day hypes. They get two a year now. Two a year. That's not right. If we could just leave them off with one, it wouldn't be such a big thing. So there are those that will be upset that we didn't buy any players. I would have liked to see us spend some money, I have to say. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Would have liked to see a defensive midfielder come in. I would have liked to see maybe a centre-half come in. Philippe Senderos, we know, is going to stay at the club. But uh, whether his state of mind is... Well, I don't know about his state of mind. All I know is that he was really, 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 really close to signing for Everton. And then something happened from our side which stopped that deal going through. So instead of um, having a season where he's playing first-team football for Everton, which he probably would have been, instead of that happening... He's now fourth choice or fifth choice at Arsenal, which is a bit unfortunate. He certainly adds some depth to our squad. I don't think he's as bad a player as many people think. Had his bad moments, but then he's still only 24. The life of a centre-half, that is not such a bad thing. Nevertheless, no player has come in. Thomas Vermalen is the only signing of the summer. Uh, people might talk about oh, 40 million burning a hole in the manager's pocket. I'm not sure that's true because of uh, the 10 million we spent on Vermalen and the 15 million we spent on Arshavin. And I think we spent that money knowing we were going to recoup it in the summer by selling Adibayor and possibly and possibly Colo Toure. So it's not like we're sitting on 40 million and he hasn't spent it. Why he hasn't spent anything? I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine. I mean, I look at our squad, and I know we've got issues with strength and depth, but you look at Liverpool, what what the hell is going on with them? Who are their strikers, apart from Torres? And Gerrard, who's kind of a, a half-striker, I suppose. Half-striker, half-cunt. But who 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 else is there? Barnin? Cout plays on the right wing now. So I don't know. United, I think, are as weak as I've seen them for ages and I know people say well we still couldn't beat them yeah but you know and Chelsea now can't make any transfers until 2011 which is hilarious about time that happened when you think about all the players they've tapped up Ashley Cole and Mikel and those two young boys that came down from Leeds and um, your man from Spurs Arsenal from Spurs and now this boy and they've been warned plenty of times haven't they 
It's not like this is uh, the first time they've done something. So I hope they appeal. And then they get that whole, that was a frivolous appeal. Now you may not buy players until 2014. That would be hilarious. So look, while I think our squad could be stronger, I don't think it's the end of the world that we haven't brought in more players. And if in May we're sitting here going, my goodness, Arsene Wenger actually does know what he's doing. We've just won a trophy. It's fantastic. We'll all be quite happy. If not, and we've fallen short and fallen short badly, then we can say, you know, you really should have spent that money because we will have the benefit of hindsight. And even though many of us, or some of you, or a number of people, I'm just throwing it out there, might think that he should have spent the money now, that's neither here nor there. So, uh, transfer windows closed, over, done, and dusted. Before we move on to the next part of the Arscast, here's Danielson. Oh, hello everyone, it's me again, Dan. Dan Nielsen, the Arsenal midfielder. I've got kind of mixed feelings this week, I have to say. I signed a new contract at the club, which of course I'm very happy about. But it's come on the back of a bad result, hasn't it, against Manchester United. You have to say we gifted them the game. Did Rooney dive or did he not dive? That is a question I can't answer. The only thing I do know is that there's plenty of eating on that sexy little gun. Oh, those drumsticks. And then we've got that whole problem with UEFA and our friend Michel Platini. Eduardo banned for two games for diving. It's not like he's the first player who's ever dived, is he? Sometimes I feel like going all the way to UEFA headquarters and having a little word with Michelle. Michelle puts you in mind of the Beatles, doesn't it? That song of theirs. I'm gonna take you into my back garden, chop you up, fry you on the barbecue, skullfuck you, and then use your blood to decorate my walls. On second thought, so that might have been Duran Duran. We'll have more from Dan Nielsen on another Arscast in the very near future. Now, the other talking point this week, of course, was Eduardo. He got a two-match ban from UEFA, who apparently didn't even bother looking at our evidence and said, no, two-match ban, that's it. End of story. Of course, it's not so much a can of worms as a great big cauldron of worms that they've opened here. Because there are uh, all kinds of questions that you can ask. You can ask why an offence, which, if the referee had seen it, is worth a yellow card. How, after the fact, when they've looked at it on video, is it worth six yellow cards? Because it takes three yellow cards to get a one-match ban in the Champions League. All of a sudden, because uh, UEFA have said the referee made the wrong decision, what Eduardo did is worth six yellow cards. How does that work? And... The other question you might ask is, how is it that Platini, who refuses to sanction video evidence in any way, is using video evidence to condemn Eduardo? How, do, how does that work? How can you say no video evidence? Nuh-uh. The other big problem, of course, is that there are all these stories going around that UEFA is not going to apply the same standards across the board as they did uh, to Eduardo. I don't think... As I've always said, people won't have any complaints if UEFA do the same thing every time a player, quote, intends to deceive the referee, unquote. Which is what Eduardo was being charged with. 
intending to deceive the referee. Now, there's, how they prove intent is another thing entirely. And you've read all the articles and all the examples of what might be uh, deception against the referee. But the fact that they're not going to to do that is unbelievable. And Arsenal have said, uh, released a statement saying, we strongly believe that the decision taken is flawed and not based on any forensic review of the video evidence available. There are obvious errors and inconsistencies in UEFA's judgment and we intend to appeal. So, um, can't say fairer than that. I think they're right to, particularly if, if uh, the stories about UEFA not applying these... Uh, these standards across the board is true. And uh, I think it was on Football 365 that uh, UEFA apparently sent us two faxes regarding this case. One was never received and the other ended up in the ladies, uh, Arsenal ladies' office. I mean, this is the kind of crap that you're dealing with. The bottom line is, if you're going to ban Eduardo for two games, then you have to apply those standards to every single UEFA game. Every single UEFA game. Every Champions League game where a guy dives, he's got to get a two-match ban. Every Champions League game where video evidence shows that a player has held another player's shirt to prevent him getting a header from a corner that the referee hasn't seen, the player has deliberately deceived the referee, that's a two-match ban. Those are the standards that UEFA are setting. So Arsenal should appeal. And I hope, actually, that Arsenal win the appeal and that the, the, the ban is... Uh, removed entirely because otherwise it becomes a huge nightmare that it becomes impossible for UEFA to police and I think they realize that by saying well we can't look at everything you know it's nonsense Uh, but anyway to take a a look at why UEFA have come to this decision and how they've actually come to this decision I'm joined in studio uh, by football administration expert Dr. Godfrey Twachlock uh, Dr. Godfrey, uh, what are you way for thinking here and how did you come uh, to the conclusion that you did? Thank you very much. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. Now, I'm sure your listeners or readers or whatever you call them would be very interested in how we arrived at the conclusion that we did. Of course, the destination is the most important thing, but the journey provides a little bit of context. Now, what we did was we took all the information that UEFA had about Eduardo's incident, we shall call it, and we put it into a great big pile. Now, it was such an enormously high pile that if one were to climb to the very top of it, one could see one's house from up there. Now, after that, we took all the charges UEFA had leveled against other players for similar incidents throughout the history of UEFA. Then we took both those piles and fed them into a supercomputer. The supercomputer, you see, is running a comparative logistics program, designed by myself, I have to say. I programmed it on my BBC microprocessor years and years and years ago. The computer then analyzed all that information and provided us statistics. Now, statistics on their own are pretty much useless, so what we had to do was Look at those statistics in relation to YouTube videos. So we spent many, many hours painstakingly trolling YouTube for players diving. That allowed us to come to our final equation. And that is, statistics plus YouTube multiplied by Arsenal divided by Platini squared over UEFA. And we come to our conclusion. And that conclusion is? They're cunts. Makes sense to me. Uh, Dr. Godfrey Twatchloch. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're very welcome. Nothing like a bit of scientific research to put things right, is there? Now, time for the news.
Arsenal Football Cup striker Eduardo has been banned for life and for the second time in as many weeks he fell over without anybody near him. The incident happened on Blackstock Road coming out of a kebab shop. Eduardo blames a loose paving stone. Chairman Peter Hillwood said, This is all their French can't play in his fault. It is believed Arsenal will appeal the decision. Meanwhile, UEFA has released a statement saying, <laughs> We will have words, you and I, UEFA, at some stage. Oh, yes. Yes, we will. Now, last week I gave you the chance to win one of three Nike training tops with thanks to my good friends at, I think it's Nike, Nike, indeed. Uh, The question was about Theo Walcott, who launched his new ad with Nike last week. It was about uh, who he scored his first league goal against. And that league goal, the first one, he got two in the one game against Birmingham. And that game, we don't really want to remember. I'm sorry I actually made that the question. It should have been something more positive. But anyway, lots and lots of you got the right answer. It was Birmingham City. And the three winners that the random number generator picked out were, number one, Thomas Halberstad from Sweden. Well done to you, Thomas. Woody Eblom, uh, who's in America, I believe. And Johnny Cave. Which sounds like a completely and utterly made-up name to me. Only for the random number generator picked it, I would be most dubious indeed. Johnny Cave. I mean, seriously. Would anybody take you seriously if your name was Bob Grotto? No, they certainly would not. But anyway, you three chaps are going to get yourself a size large Nike training top with thanks to my good old friends at Nike. So that's about that for this particular Arscast. Thank you for listening, uh, putting up with all the waffle. Uh, next week, we've got Manchester City. And of course, Manchester City means Adibayor and Colo Toure. Some old familiar faces. One of them will say, hello there, old chap, old chummy fellow. I remember you. You were a good old child. Yeah. I have fond memories of you. The other one will go, get stuffed, you big lanky cunt. Don't score against us, prick. That's what I'll be saying anyway. So, uh, until next week's Arsecast, have yourselves a fantastic weekend. Talk to you uh, on the blog in the meantime. So, until then, take it easy. Goodbye. I was alright for a while I could smile for a while But then I saw you last night On my feet I was so light As I stopped to yell Penno You didn't wish me well You sure could tell That I'd be Diving over you, diving.
As I go to my feet Yes, I was diving 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 It's hard to understand But the touch of your hand Can start me diving I thought that I was over you, Ava, but it's true, oh, so true. I got it too much, Ben, I'm a truly wicked man, but Arthur, what can I do? Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com.